Well, we're back, Molly. The Rangers have fired head coach Gerard Gallant. A little bit surprised by this decision? A little bit. And uh, we'll get into it with Larry in a second here. But I thought that they they might give him a shot in his third season, especially with the track record that he had. But it clearly became obvious that a new voice was needed. And general manager and president Chris Drury did what he felt was the best for the organization. So it's going to be a really interesting coaching search, probably an interesting hiring process. So very curious to see where the Rangers go from here. Like the entrance to a hotel lobby. It's been a revolving door for the Rangers head coaches over the last four years. Who will be the next coach? Larry Brooks will join us to break down his list of potential candidates. And boy, do they have a tough assignment ahead for this team that is expected to win a championship. We'll talk about it all in our emergency episode of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you direct your attention to center ice for a special Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats podcast, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. We are back. You thought we were done, but coaching changes happen in this sport. And after two seasons, Gerard Gallant has been fired. Jake Brown here with Molly Walker and our Hall of Famer, Larry Brooks. Let's get right to it, guys. Larry, news comes out on Saturday. I was at the Mets game, middle of uh, another team losing here in New York as New York sports takes a tumble. Initial reactions to the firing, what'd you think? Well, I thought once once the Rangers went 48 hours without um, without any official so, show of support for for Gallant, it was pretty clear that that there was going to be a change. I think both parties recognized that they'd probably gone as far as they could. You know, there there was I think some tension at the end, frustration at the end on on both sides, and so I I, I think again when Gallant said on. Uh, Wednesday's breakup day that you shouldn't have to be answering these questions and, and the Rangers didn't provide an answer and then then it was pretty clear something was up so look yeah, he's a, he's a good person obviously he's a good coach I think his track record kind of his history hangs over him like a like a black cloud because as soon as the second year starts people are looking for flaws well, that's why. That's why he never lasts more than two. And and it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think he got a little more uh, defensive, a little more stubborn as 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 last year went on. Um, and again, I think it was it's because he has that history trailing him. Oh, he never gets through the third year. He never gets through the third year. So I you know, I think it just all caught up, um, all caught up to him, caught up to them. They're performance in in four out of the last five playoff games was just unacceptable and um you know obviously something had gone wrong i can't imagine that gallant appreciated to be in the position that he was on breakup day and i think that was pretty evident in his answers and the tone that he took with those types of questions which can you blame him and what he said was not incorrect. You know, if he can't stand by his track record, then there must be something wrong. I was a little surprised also just because of what is available right now. But I guess that when you come to the conclusion that it's not working out, that no matter what, that 
there is a better that there should be a better option available if, if what you currently have in house isn't working out, right? Yeah. Well, I've always thought, like you know, during the season when you, when you hear about you know different teams and and different experiences I've had, you know, covering the Rangers and and you know other teams, then once you get into this, well, we need to win tomorrow. You know, we need to. You're, you're just forestalling the inevitable, right? I mean, if you're not confident in the guy you have. If you're not confident, and and with this team, if you're not confident you can win a Stanley Cup, then you know you never want to settle for you know the you know the least offensive alternative, right? I mean you're you're right, you know you're you're looking for someone who you think can can win a cup, and clearly the Rangers had reached the point where they didn't. I I, I thought it was interesting because he was exactly as he was advertised. The people I talked to before, you know, when he was a candidate, great coach, you know, good guy, old school guy, players coach, but he's not great in in-game adjustments. And that's, you know, and so what you were told was he needs strong assistance. And I thought his assistants were fine. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think either of us are here to, 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 you know, kick this man or, you know, these coaches when they're down, you know. Um, they're pros and and they brought whatever they could and they got the Rangers to 110 and 107 points in two years. But I think that there was there was a recognition on both sides that that it, it was not going to be a productive relationship going forward. And so, uh, regardless of the pool, which I think we all um, see as pretty shallow at this point, not not that they can't get a a, a big time coach out of it, but it's not like last year when. There were like seven big name coaches out there, including Barry Trotz, um, including Paul Maurice, who you know who has Florida one game away from the conference finals, and and so it, it's it's going to be a very interesting search. Um, it's going to be a very challenging one, I think, and it's a critical one because you know for a long time the Rangers were a very stable organization. They went from, you know, they made the coaching change in the middle of 2008-9 from Tom Rennie to John Tortorella. And from that point through the 2017-18 season, so it's basically nine years, they had two coaches. They had Tortorella and Vino. And, they, you know, they they went to the conference finals three times. They had a lot of success. And then, and then now they're kind of in this turnover where they went to David Quinn, and it, it was not surprising that they moved on reasonably quickly from Quinn because he was always he was always perceived as a transition coach. Get us from here to there. And then the next guy is going to be the guy who can take us. And and that almost worked out. It, I mean, it almost did. The plan almost worked. But now they're on their second coaching search in, in three summers. Um, they're going to have their third coach now. Since, well, since 2021 seven so years it's like well three years right four years yeah quick, third yeah. four seasons when next season starts so right don't you don't want to get into that kind of a you know a, a treadmill either or you know where you where you're you know you're just um discarding coaches after every couple of seasons and 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 from chris jury's standpoint or looking at it this is a critical hire for him how many coaches do you get to hire not that you know you, you don't get to hire coaches every two years unless you're Lou Lamarello. Um and, and he's not quite that yet. So um no, so this is this is gonna be a very challenging search. 
I completely agree. I also think, you know, to your point about kind of the narratives that the team was facing heading into both the years that they hired Quinn and Gallant, it was pretty clear what they needed at that moment in time. And David Quinn was a lot more about ushering the next generation of talent, developing that talent. And Gallant was more so just getting them over that hump of qualifying for the playoffs. You know, that was that was the expectation of, of Gallant coming in. Now, I mean, just as they go on, it's just it's inching closer. It's so close to Stanley Cup or bust now going forward with, with this core and what they're locked into. And I think I think that it this is also going to take the right guy coming in here and accepting this challenge head on that this is the next step for this range like that's a lot of pressure to be coming in and you know it's stanley cup expectations immediately right and 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 let's you know let's be fair here you know it wasn't only the coach who was flawed here i mean the roster construction was flawed as as you know as we can see and then the player's performance, you know, it still gets back to, it, you know, it still gets back to the fact that, you know, Artemi Panarin did not score a goal. Mika Zibanejad scored one goal. Alexi Lafreniere did not have a point. Adam Fox, you know, sort of wavered. Uh, you know, they're other than Shesterkin and, and, you know, as we've said over and over, um, to to a, an extent, uh, Kreider, you know, they just didn't get and and Tarasenko, who was under you, they just didn't get anywhere near what they expected from from their top players. They you know they just didn't, and uh, so that's on them too. It, certainly, it's on them. They, um, you know, Chris on you know Jury on on the weekend said in his exit meetings nobody wanted to be left let off the hook. So hopefully, you know, hopefully there is a uh, you know a response from these players who you know next year. It, it, you know, it, again, it, it's it's a difficult team. It's a difficult group. They have a lot of they have a lot of veterans locked into no moves. They have a, a lot of players who are pretty much set in their ways. They're you know eight nine I mean, eight nine ten year veterans in this in in that room. So um, I you know I think you, you're going to need they're going to need someone who can command respect just by walking in the room, and that's not an easy thing to do. And again, we we see the pool. I don't know. Um, you know, does Peter Laviolette have that credibility? I think he does. You know, he is a former cup winner. It's a while ago, but he took two other teams to the finals. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not endorsing Laviolette right now, but I think he is the kind of person who would walk in the room and get instant attention. Um, because, again, you you can't just keep turning over coaches. So, the next question is, is, you know, where do they go from here? What sort of, you know, you just touched on a little bit, but what sort of coaches that they should be targeting? I look at this group and I look at where they've come and I just can't imagine that they go back to a coach who is in his first year head coaching gig in the NHL as, as great as Knobloch has been at the AHL level and how great he's been in his, you know, couple of cameos with the Rangers when they needed him. I just think that it would be so counterproductive to go after an inexperienced, you know, first time coach, a college coach, any sort of route like that just seems extremely counterproductive. Like, like you said, I think they need somebody that will command respect immediately and has a proven track record and you need a proven track record in order to get that kind of respect in this room. Right. I, I agree. It's, and now is there an assistant coach who, who is just, can present such a powerful case 
Possibly. Uh, you know, possibly. I, you know, I, I don't think you should rule out Jay Leach. Um, mm-hmm. um, or Burnett. You know, and, and I also, and, and, and Andrew Burnett, uh, absolutely. Um, but I also think that the next coach and jury need to have some sort of a, a real personal relationship too. I, I you know, I, I think um, this is a guy who needs to be joined at the hip with the GM. The coaches need to be, I think, joined at the hip. And you know, we haven't even talked about the roster construction. So, I mean, there are all one problem issues. at a time, Larry. One problem <laughs> at a time. <laughs> there are all these issues, you know, you know, going on. <laughs> yeah, right. No, right. it's a lot. It's a lot. Like for them to be coming off of this colossal letdown of a season and to be not only having questions about how the team is is constructed, but now they need a new voice in the room and now they need a new guy at the helm. It's a, it's a lofty turnaround this off season in terms of where they want to be next and where season. They, and where they kind of thought they were a year ago and through the entire season, this is a team that waited for the playoffs all year. And then, and, and, and they told you that uh, we can't wait to get to the playoffs. We can't wait to get to the playoffs. You know, they clinched in their reaction what there were eight or nine games left, I think nine. And 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 they, you know, and it's basically like they said, well, we don't care about the rest of the games. We just want to get to the playoffs. And, and like well, I I and I really hadn't seen very many teams like that. And I've covered a lot of teams that clinched early. I covered a lot of teams that clinched late. But you know, their they, they their entire purpose was to play in the playoffs and they didn't show up for and, and at least three out of the last five and and maybe even four. So you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot there when you when you take a look at just you know where they were a year ago as to where they are now just and just maybe in the perception of where they are it, it's it's really kind of a kind of an an interesting an interesting turnaround and you know the the cap situation is 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 such a challenge um, that you know I look at it over and over and and. Just don't know what what uh, what jury's going to how he's going to approach this. The other thing I, I I think is interesting about the coaching search is is a coach going to come in and attempt to have this personnel and whatever it is in in September. There certainly are going to be changes. But says the does is is the coach intractable and say no no I need I need these players to play my system. They have to play my way, or does he adapt? And I, I think that that's always a question I've, I've, I've been interested in. I, you know, or does the coach adapt a little bit to well, okay, our time there, and I know I know what he can do, and I'm going to have to challenge him to do more. But um, or you know, Mika Zibanejad or or Philip Heedle, you know, not not uh, singling out um, Panarin, but um, you know, it's it's kind of like. How do you get these guys to play at, at at their peak, and how do you get this team to become a playoff, uh, you know, a playoff ready team? Because they weren't this year, which which I think is the biggest, really the biggest disappointment. Again, you know, we've said a lot, and I've said a lot. It's not that they lost; they lost to a real. How they lost? It's how they lost. It was just so disappointing the way they went down. They just didn't seem to have you know, much backbone in the series. They just didn't. And, you know, that was just um, a real letdown the way they played. So here's my next question for you. And I can kind of preface it by giving, I guess, a little bit of insight into how how I see it. Do you think this could have been a knee-jerk reaction, uh, a, an overblown 
response to how this season ended. Part of me, and knowing what we know, I, I think that once it becomes clear after exit interviews with players that, you know, that a new voice was needed, then that's the direction you always have to go. But when you do look at his body of work, could they have looked at this season and and this first round finish as a fluke and, you know, not make any knee jerk reactions or, or do you think that this was the only option of how to move forward, knowing what we know? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, Thanks. <laughs> I do this for a living. What I think is that again, a, a, a lot of his history played into this because I, I think people, Yes, I think they could have said, you know what, this was as 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 Gallant framed it. This was just a bad two weeks. It was a bad two weeks for everybody. Coach didn't, you know, bad work by the coach, bad work by by everybody except the goalie and and the net front presence. You know, that's it. Um, they could have said, look, this was, you know, we caught lightning in a bottle a little bit last year. Now this year, it's come back. You know, it's it's come back on us. Um, if we had, you know, if, should have been a first round exit last season and a conference right, final right. this season. You know, if they had if, gone if, in the right order, yeah, yeah. would we if, still be having this conversation right now? Right. You know, well, if they had gotten knocked out in five last year by Pittsburgh, would would he have made it to the second year? Because that I would think, have been shocking, though. Would I it? Think, uh, wouldn't I, have? I, 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 because I think there's always the again, there's this cloud. It's like, well, he's not going to make it. So you start, you know, and I, I think they could have said, you know, we're we're good. We're, we're going to rebuild the team. You know, I, I see that we needed a little more of this and we need a little more of that. What are you nuts? We're going to fire a coach who's got 100 in the team. But I think at the start, but I think at the start of next year, there would have been, okay, you know, they, they get off to a, not even a not even a start like last year wouldn't because I don't think he would have been given until November. Let's say they start the season three five and one. It would have it would have been constant talk. So yes, I I, I think in, a, in you know in a slightly different circumstance that's what they would have done too. But I think also that you know it's it it's become evident there were some philosophical um, issues that divided the coach and the GM. And, and again, I think that, the, you know, tension built during the series, I think tension built within the organization, I think tension built in, in the relationship between the team and player. I, mean, I, I think Gallant knew that he was coaching for his job. I do. Yeah. Nobody's uh, going to succeed under that circumstance. And, and you know, I, I, I think he became, you know, a little more stubborn. I, I you know, I, 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 I uh, wrote last week, you know, he's, he's a little bit stubborn. He's, um, but Almost every coach is stubborn because coaches know they're going to be fired. And so they want to be fired doing it their way, you know, not somebody else's way. So there are very few coaches I've known who are not very stubborn because they believe in themselves. And and again, they um, that's that's why general managers generally don't instruct coaches on lineup on, on, on you know, on, on on way to use players, because then. Once a, once a GM says, no, you have to use this guy. Now, listen, there are exceptions. If there are, you know, if a player is being showcased for a trade or, you know, or, or there's a, a major um, disconnect. But if the general manager tells the coach, well, you have to play this guy and the team loses, then the coach turns around and says, well, it's not my fault. I didn't want to. Play. So, you know, you, you, I, I think you need to let the coach coach. And, and I think that um, 
again, I, I just think the relationship probably had frayed a little bit. And this was just such a, a crushing, crushing disappointment. <laughs> you know, there, you know, I, I've been watching the Rangers for a long, long time. No, no. <laughs> Not saying exactly. <laughs> but this was this was really one of the most disappointing ends to to a season I can I can recall. And um, so I, I, I don't think the Rangers could have stood pat going into next year. I think you're totally, totally right. Um, and I this had crossed my mind in the I think you're totally right. I'll say it. I'll say it again. Totally 100 percent right. Um, and they, <laughs> in in thinking about, you know, a couple days ago or whatever it was when it was up in the air, what was going to happen? The thought of them sticking with Gallant coming into next season, they get off to a tough start is a midseason coaching change. What anybody wants, you know, and and that was definitely a route that it was going to be headed toward if they did stick with Gallant. But I also wonder just playing devil's advocate here. I just wonder what could have been, I guess, if the Rangers did stand their ground, did support Gallant from the beginning, right as the season ended, of course he's coming back, you know, giving him that vote of confidence. Would that have been able to have dissipated the dark cloud over Gallant's head of this worry of going into year three and all of his coaching destinations, you know, how tormenting that must be um, for anybody. I just wonder what it, what could have happened, what could have been, but I definitely think that if the two options were to either do a midseason coaching change, you know, that just having that on the table at all was just something that the Rangers had to avoid altogether. So it probably was what needed to happen um, at the end of the day. But I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, and yeah, you're right, too, because because once the Rangers failed to act that way. Yeah, no, know, that, that was yeah. it. Right. And why would he want to come back? For an organization that didn't have his back. So I think when they said mutually agreed to part yeah. ways, I'm sure Gallant sat down and was like, you know, I did not appreciate having to field questions about my mm -hmm. job security in front of anybody and everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and listen, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's if he's behind. Uh, oh, 100 percent. Next year. Absolutely. Certain, I think he should certain, be. You know, I think certain, he should be. Yeah. And, and you know, there are coaches and I, and I know he, he wouldn't want to hear this, but. There are coaches who are, you know, who can jumpstart teams, who, you know, who serve a real purpose. Um, you know, he was, you know, he served a very constructive purpose here. He got the Rangers to the, you know, to the conference finals and, and you know, got them to 107 points. So yeah, he didn't just uh, get them over the hump, even though that was the goal at the beginning of it. But yeah, he did turn them into contenders. Helped, yeah. and, and, and listen, he has a very good case, you know, walking into say, anywhere. Or, yeah. or wherever. I mean, he had been in Columbus before, but you know, regime far removed. I, you know, I, I don't know, but um, he has a he has a solid case to walk in. Look, look, look what I did with this. You know, they didn't really have it. We don't really have a checking line, or they, you know, they didn't really have a checking line. You know, we didn't. You know, we went off for. You know, we went all in on skill. You know, and and I was able to still get them. So I think he has a real good case. Um, I don't think his reputation at all, you know, was tarnished here. I mean, certainly shouldn't have, it shouldn't be. And, and um, um, what we see is that, that players relate to him personally. I mean, he is a very good, you know, person as a coach. He is, you know, as, as 
as humane as a coach as I, as, as I've been around. I mean, no one is more humane than Larry Robinson. So he's, he is the gold standard for anyone in this league who has ever dealt with head coaches. I mean, there's nobody who's a better person than Larry Robinson, who's, who's been in the league ever. Well, Adam Graves is right there, but he didn't coach. So, but you know the the little things, and 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 we actually, you know, this came up in in, in conversation last week when when uh, all the the uh, writers were were spending the day in New Jersey. And we were out for lunch at, at great Hobbies. times. Hobbies, uh, big hobbies. shout out to Hobbies. Everybody go to Hobbies in Newark. Yeah, no, we were saying though, it came up that. Gerard Gallant would, you know, when Rangers would be on the road, if a player was traded from a team, he would start. If a player's family was there, he would he start. Would start. He, you know, he Black you know, History Month, every African American player right. in the lineup. Ryan Reeves on the first line. Yeah, Keandre um, Miller, everybody. And, and out you know, there. It was, yeah, and, and Keandre, and what's interesting about that, because because you know, Reeves moved up to to start that game. And I asked him after the game, I said, What was what was that about? And he he sloughed it off as, nah, I just wanted to see something different. You know, I wanted a bigger guy up with Mika at the start. And afterward, one of the players actually pulled me aside and said, he started him because. So, I mean, but but he was always so considerate of players, you know, and, and, you, and you take a look at, at other situations that go, out, go on around the league, even this year on Long Island, you know, the decision not to allow Josh Bailey to play his thousandth game at home you know because they had scratched him so he had he played it on the road and um that's just nothing you know you would ever have seen and, and i do he think could never do that he would never, never do, that. do that he could never do that i mean he um um he was very protective of his players he you know he he believes in the old school mentality and it's and you know a lot of times it's very refreshing i'm, I'm sure he'll he'll be back whether it's Next season, whether he wants to take, you know, some time off, whether he, um, you know, Anaheim is, is open. Um, I hope he goes to California. I hope he goes to some some sunny California place like that. That would just he deserves that. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to each put your GM caps on a close here. Well, who's I don't your know. I don't know. Give me your top no. two candidates, Molly. Who are your top I can't. Two? I can't. That's like the craziest thing. Like last season. It was so clear cut. He was one of the best available options, if not the best available option when 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 they first hired Gallant. And and that just the pool that they have now, you're either recycling, you know, look, Peter Laviolette, what is it? One one playoff series win since 2018, I think it was. Um, I'm like, I just I don't know. I don't. I don't know who the right answer is right now. I I really don't. And I feel like the options it's, you know, you're either taking a risk with this guy in one regard or taking a risk with another guy in this regard. There really is no clear cut, which is why, and I wrote this, why I genuinely thought that they would hold off why, why they wouldn't make that leap. But I guess, like we said, it's just it's a better option than doing something midseason. Um, but it's just it's a very shallow pool, no clear cut front runners. But it's also the most it's a huge decision for the organization at this moment in time. It This guy is being charged with leading the team to the Stanley Cup. No ifs, ands or buts. That's the expectation. 
And I really think it's going to take the right kind of person to take that on someone who is will to embrace that. You know, I think that also could be a, a bit of Galant's issues, like you mentioned, Larry, with this apprehension coming up on his third season, just how his track record has been. You know, there's got to be a loss of confidence there. Somebody's got to come in and absolutely embrace this giant spotlight and this microscope that they're under in this circumstance, because everything is, it's going to fall even more on the coach, you know, going forward now that they're making this big, this change at the helm. So I, I really, I, I can't, I can't give you top two options. I really can't. Maybe, maybe as options become more clear cut um, from what we're hearing in a, a week or so, but at this moment in time, which I don't want to, anybody to worry hearing me say that, but like, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think you have to acknowledge that La Violette is probably the, the safe choice. But again, I, I think I think just about everybody would like to see the Rangers hire a fresh guy, come in with a little bit of a different uh, dynamic, bring a little bit of a different dynamic. But, you know, as, as Molly said, and, and I think everyone recognizes, it is a major risk because I, I you know, I, I think, again, this how many more coaches is Chris, does Chris Jury have to hire? And so I don't know that Chris Drury is is saying I'll I'll just yeah I'll take this guy who's never coached before. <laughs> I don't know, you know it is it is it's going to be fascinating. So you know I I I don't know. I I, I think you you kind of put Laviolette aside. I don't know that he would be an inspiring choice. Um, I think he would certainly. I mean, he is a competent NHL coach. We know that he's been doing it forever. Is that what the Rangers need? I'm not so sure. I'm not conducting the interviews. I'm not in the interviews. I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how these guys are presenting themselves. I, you know, again, the the concept of bringing the AHL coach up, which you know I raised the other day, the Rangers have not done that in 50 years. <laughs> they haven't brought somebody up from their their minor league team to coach the Rangers since 1973. Not likely they're going to do it. I, I, I think that Chris Knobloch deserves an interview. I, I would be very interested. Um, he's had interviews before. Actually, um, I was told the other day that he had interviewed for the New Jersey job the offseason where they hired Ruff. Um, and I believe um, uh, Knobloch was also interviewed in Buffalo uh, before I think they hired Granado or, or maybe it was the, the cycle before that. But so he, he you know, he, he has, you know, he, he deserves, I think, um, um, an interview, sir, he's done a you know a terrific job getting the Wolfpack to uh, their uh, division finals. Now they've won two series already, but again, it, it's a real risk. You're you're gonna you're gonna hand over this team um, that again the you know it's kind of cup or bust. <laughs> It um, is. And that's right. like, that's a phrase that we like, you know, I feel like it gets thrown around a lot more than it should. And the Rangers have definitely been in that conversation for a couple of seasons now, but now I like it. It really is. But it really is. It, it and, really, but, really yeah, is now. But you know what? It's cup or bust, but they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to fight to make the playoffs next year. You Doing know? it all over again. So, yeah. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see where where jury goes on this. You know, I mean, from from a writer's perspective, there'd be nobody more entertaining uh, to cover than Patrick Waugh. But I don't think that's I don't think that's in the cards. You know, I mean, 
I, I mean, I think you you know it, it's fair to it's fair to talk about Bob Hartley. Um, uh, he's been out of the league for a long time though. Now, um, Chris played for him. Um, I know th- I know they have a good relationship, but I don't believe Bob even got an interview last time. I think there were very limited uh, uh, interviews the last time because they kind of zeroed in on Gallant. They talked to Rick Tockett. They were waiting to see whether. Um, I remember it was it was a couple of years ago, so they were waiting also to see whether the Bruins would fire Cassidy, and they didn't. Whether Brindamore would leave Carolina, uh, you know, Brindamore would have been the first choice for any team in the league, you know, regardless of whether they had a coaching vacancy or not. People would have fired their coaches if Rod Brindamore had said, you know, what, I'm I'm out of Carolina. Um, so they were looking at that. They were looking, you know, to see if Mike Sullivan was going to be available. Um, But Gallant was always at the top and they did very, very few interviews. So as as far as I know, does it matter that Bob Hartley didn't get an interview two two years ago? Will he get one now? I'm not sure, but he's certain, you know, he's certainly a name, but he's, he's another, you know, he's another guy who's, who's been around. Um, Clearly he, you know, he won a cup. He had pretty good success in Calgary for a short term. So, these are, you know, these are veteran NHL coaches. Um, I do think that a lot of people would like to see somebody else. I think people would like to see, you know, a Jay Leach, a risk, a real risk. I mean, it, you know, it, it's boom or bust. Um, and, you know, it'll be Chris. It'll it'll certainly be the owner approving the uh, whatever decision. And, and that's not unusual. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Well, Larry will be all over the uh, search for a coach and uh, we'll talk to you next time when they hire him and we'll see you at City Field, the ballpark, as the offseason approaches at a Mets game. And uh, thanks for coming on. Long times. You know what they say, third time's the charm. Just when Larry and you thought you'd have some time off, the Rangers make your life miserable. No, it's fine. It's just another extra couple of weeks as you wait, Molly, as that wraps up episode 125 of the Blue Seats, a Ranger podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me produce the show. And you catch up on all old episodes on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. And on the New York Post Sports YouTube page, just find that up in the Blue Seats playlist. Give us a thumbs up. Comment below. Who do you want to be the new Rangers head coach? Molly, where were you when you found out the news? Were you uh, out with the gals in the city? Like, what were you doing? I don't need to be giving anybody this visual, but I just got out of the shower, honestly, when it happened. Which, honestly, I I, I feel like that stuff always happens to me, whether it's a trade. When Filipino signed his contract extension, I was on my way to a dinner reservation in the city, and then I had to sit at the table and write a story on my phone, which is never a fun time, but I was a little shocked. Uh, I was. I wasn't sure that they were actually going to pull trigger on this, but here we are. And on a Saturday, I was at the Mets game, and then two innings later, my mom ended up with food poisoning and was throwing up in the bathroom at City no. Field. So the Rangers were throwing up, the Mets were throwing up, my mom was throwing up. Everyone was throwing up in New York. Good God. Can somebody just win? It was so good. It was all good just a week ago, one philosopher used to say. But now a week later, it has all hit the crapper. Well, Molly, we will be back next when the Rangers hire a new head coach. But until then, enjoy the offseason. We'll talk to you soon. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Up in the Blue Seats.